Today's episode is sponsored by Selena's Mexican Restaurant and Taqueria in Rochester, New York. Selena's is celebrating our 25th year in Rochester, and we are proud to continue offering fresh-made, Mexican-inspired recipes that are affordable and served by Rochester's best. Check out our event space for private occasions, as well as our catering menu for groups of 10 to 2,000. Looking for something different to do? Selena's hosts monthly tequila tasting classes, as well as corporate team-building seminars. Check out the website to learn more, selena's.com. S-A-L-E-N-A-S dot com. Jazzcast Pros. My name is Kelly Bush. And I'm Kelly Metris. And we're the hosts of Getting Real with Bossy, the podcast that unites and educates women business owners through real, raw, and honest conversations. Both of us have probably been told we've been bossy our whole lives, and we are. That's true. Because if we're not, shit doesn't get done. That's right. If I fail, my business fails. If you're working somewhere and you fail that... You get another job. Yeah, you get another job. It's tough. But like everything we have is in our business right now, especially since the pandemic. And some people just don't get it. They don't go, oh, that, oh, must be nice. Those are my favorite. Oh, you guys get to... Oh, you guys are going to lunch. Oh, my God. must be. Oh, you're getting a massage in the middle of the day. You make your own schedule. Oh, my God. It must be nice. I also do HR work at 11 o'clock at night when I can't sleep because I'm stressing out. Yeah. And every vacation is filled with phone calls and disasters like people just don't get it and that's why bossy is there because you can always at least go to our facebook group and just unload all your shit and vent and you're immediately comforted this big like bossy online hug and it is like a big it hug. is a big hug Getting Real with Bossy is a podcast honoring women business owners. Led by Kelly and Kelly, we are established entrepreneurs and co-founders of Bossy, a network of women business owners. We believe in honesty and transparency, sharing disasters as well as achievements, and building a community where women feel seen and leave ready to F shit up. Bossy challenges gender expectations and allows women the space to disrupt and be bold. You'll hear from other women running a full spectrum of businesses, the doers, those around them, and tips and tricks to manage all the balls that are in the air. If you are ready to be honest and raw about what it really takes, then Bossy is for you. Subscribe now and join the Bossy community. Hey y'all, Erica Cerbello here from Gallery Salon. I was asked why I'm in Bossy, and the first thing that came to mind was a bunch of like-minded women who understand the stress and the ins and outs of owning a business. It's like a balancing act, and I am so thrilled to be able to have women by my side. I'm on the vision board to help other women obtain their goals and their business dreams. I love to be a mentor for these people who need a shoulder to lean on or maybe even to cry on. Bossy has helped me grow as an owner, as a mentor, as a leader, and as a badass boss. This podcast has been brought to you by Gallery Salon, where beauty and art collide. You can find out more at gallerihair.com. Kelly Bush, welcome. Thank you so much. (laughs) Tell me about yourself. Uh, My name is Kelly Bush. I am 46 years old. I am a multi-business owner. I own Marshall Street Bar and Grill and the Union Tavern with my husband, Don. And I also own K&B Consulting. Marshall Street's been in business for 12 years right now, and the union we opened right before the pandemic. So that was great. We'll save that for another episode. We have no children. Uh, We've got a dog that I'm majorly obsessed with, and a cat, and we live in Seabreeze. I love your dog and cat. They're wonderful. Uh, My name is Kelly Metris. Thank you very much. I am 44. I um, own... 
Salino's Mexican Restaurant, and I'm in the process of selling my other business, Knox Cocktail Lounge, and also expanding Salino's at the same time, because why not, during a pandemic, expand your business? Um, I have four kids, and then if we're getting into pets, I have a <laughs> anxiety-ridden dog and two skittish cats that we got for COVID, and some fish that won't die. That's wonderful. So between us, we've got... What, seven businesses, four oh, kids, bossy, and right, and bossy, which is why we're here. So we want to tell you a little bit about how we became friends and the journey that brought us to a pub in Seabreeze in the summer of 2014, where this whole idea began. So Kelly and I used to work together at a day treatment school, which was very difficult, and we spent a lot of time getting together, talking about our kids and our classrooms and how hard it is because nobody ever really understood. And it was very comforting to be able to talk to somebody who got it. And I still remember breakfast with you. And it was over the course of like a couple of breakfasts. And we both realized that we were both purchasing businesses with our spouses, which that's another episode in itself, but um, yeah. that we were both transitioning and so our meetings and our happy hours and our breakfasts, whatever we could put into our schedule, transitioned from the day treatment talk to what the hell are we doing? Yeah, because I don't know if you know this, but when you open a business, you may be opening your passion, doing something that you've done forever. But once you're a business owner, like all that goes out the window because you don't know you don't know HR law. You don't know tax law, tax law, all this stuff that now you're on the hook for legally. All of that stuff has to get done. And there's just nowhere to go. There's no one spot to go to get all of that information. So we started being that spot for each other. And one day we were in a little pub in Seabreeze, needless to say, across the street from one that you own now. <laughs> yes. It's ironic. And we had a little bit to drink, mm -hmm. and we were having an especially tough night, and we were talking about how amazing it felt when we left our meetings together, because it was the only time that we feel understood, and it's probably partially because we own businesses with our husbands, but also partially because we're both in male-dominated fields that we didn't feel heard, we felt overlooked, even though both of us were major decision makers, um, our opinions didn't matter. So we decided to reach out to other women that we knew that own their own businesses and invite them to a happy hour just to see what happened. And then jokingly decided to call it BOSSY with all capital letters. <laughs> that was, I think, drink three when we came up with the name. I'm and it was happy. as a joke at the beginning. But I'm happy we kept it. I'm so happy we kept it. It's all about ownership and what you do with it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think both of us have probably been told we've been bossy our whole lives, and we are. That's true. Because if we're not, shit doesn't get done. That's right. So, yeah. So, that's how we got to meeting one for bossy with, what, 12 people, maybe? Yeah. That was July of 2014. Uh, we had no idea what to expect, and then all of a sudden, there were women, some most that we knew, but some that we didn't, and that was... It was so cool because, I don't know, it just felt like, oh, it's not like, oh, I'm having this party and all my friends are coming. But there are actually other people out there interested. 
I really loved that we quickly learned that no matter who your partner is, if you have a partner or if you're doing it alone or if you're a salon owner or a maker, a creative, um, I mean, there are women in Bossy that are doing things I didn't know existed, but that everybody struggled with a lot of the same things. And so we got to be in a space where we all felt heard. And it was so powerful that we immediately were like, when are we doing this again? And we started a private Facebook group. And um, I think we maybe had 30 members just from people leaving that meeting and being like, well, I want to invite this person. And we started hosting monthly happy hours. And then that grew um, from between the Facebook group and the happy hours. We would notice different patterns that were happening, different questions that there weren't answers to. So we started hosting seminars, um, getting people in a room with an HR specialist or my favorite being the diversity and inclusion panel. Um, just to put women business owners in a space where they could learn and we could all grow. And then they were able to see the thing that Kelly and I started to learn early on that it just does not matter what you're doing. We all have the same struggles. And if we can support each other, we don't feel so alone. And there's a wonderful thing that happens when you have a job that is incredibly stressful with a lot of responsibility and you're in the room with people that truly understand because I can sit and talk to some of my friends or my family and they just don't really get it because they've never just had everything on the line. If I fail, my business fails. If you're working somewhere and you fail that you get another job. Yeah, you get another job. It's tough. But like everything we have is in our business right now, especially since the pandemic, like financially, we put everything we can into these businesses. If we fail, it will be absolutely devastating. And some people just don't get it. They don't go, oh, that, oh, must be nice. Those are my favorite. Oh, you guys get to, oh, well, you guys are going like to lunch. Oh, my God, must be. Oh, you're getting a massage you in the make, middle of the day. You make your own schedule. Oh, my God, it must well, yeah, be I nice. I also do HR work at 11 o'clock at night when I can't sleep because exactly. I'm stressing out. Yeah, and every vacation is filled with phone calls and disasters. Like, people just don't get it. And there's this idea that if you own your own business, A, you're millionaires, you're, you know, driving Lamborghinis or whatever is popular at the time you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> it's just this, this ridiculous idea that we just have it so easy and it's so not the case. And it's very frustrating when you're having a day like that and the only people that you can turn to don't get it. And that's why Bossy is there because you can always at least go to our Facebook group and just unload all your shit and vent and get it all out. And you're immediately comforted this big, like bossy online hug. And it is like a big, it hug. is a big hug. It's, it's I love really that. Not, not everybody's comfortable sharing their innermost thoughts and details. Like I am. Um, if you belong to bossy, you'll know, I don't have a problem sharing. I probably overshare, but yeah, you don't have much of a filter when no, it comes no to filter. sharing. Um, I actually learned that through having my first kid, I was like, people don't tell you that you fart while you walk for months. <laughs> like, what the hell? Anyways, side note. Um, I believe in sharing because there's people out there that are going through the same thing as you and you may not know that. And that's the point. And what I'm saying is that the people who do share, I get a lot of people that reach out and thank us because they're in the sidelines. They're not participating, but they're watching and listening. And they're like, that meant so much to me to see that person that's in the same position as me share how hard it is because I felt so alone that day. 
And I went on Bossy and I saw that and I read it and they may not like it. They may not comment on it, but it leaves and it helps them through their day. Mm-hmm. And those are the things we don't see. And I always love when people send me those notes or I run into them in public and they share that information because it keeps us going. So you may hear some noises in the background, and that's because we're recording in Kelly's dining room right now, and a lot of our recordings will probably have some background real-life noise because we are multi-business owners, as we've stated, and this is how it goes. Sometimes our schedules work the way we want to, and then most of the time, they don't. They do on calendars. Like two weeks out, I'm so optimistic. Oh, my gosh. I can make all the meetings. Look at those two days that have no lines in them. Oh, my gosh. And then those days are there. Shit happens. Yeah. It's it's tough. But that's where we are now. Mm -hmm. So right now we have just about 500 members, which means there are 500 women in the greater Rochester area running businesses that are in a support network and have a group to turn to, which is incredible. Um, Like Kelly said, we do monthly happy hours and seminars. And this year, we really decided it's time to grow because my dream, I don't know if it's your dream, is that I want to go on vacation someday. And if I'm feeling stressed out, I can look and see if there's a bossy chapter in this town. So, like, I thought I knew where you were going just now, and you were like, my dream, and I was like, I totally probably am there with you because we share everything. And then you're like, I want to go on vacation someday, and I was like, oh, hell yeah. Mm -hmm. And I thought you were going to go with and, like, not have to work. Oh, that's never going to be the case, unless I'm retired. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't go to bossy meetings. Yeah. (laughs) Or that's just our life. So we would really love to see what we've created here, which is so incredible, turn into chapters in other areas. And one of the ways we're going to get there is by doing podcasts and getting the information out, getting people to understand how incredible this program is and seeing it become amazing. I don't really know how to finish that sentence. Well, really, it's if you're listening to us and you're appreciating our podcasts and you want to participate, even if you're out of state, you can join our closed group. But if you want to think about sharing these feelings with women in your area, we are more than willing to expand out and talk about how to do that. Um, We have lots of ideas that we plan on putting in place for 2023. And, you know, we're the queens of writing a business plan. Mm -hmm. So all that is set. So it's just um, finding the right people to help us move onwards and upwards and reach more women. Exactly. And you won't just be hearing from us, Kelly. I don't know if you know, but I've been going around and getting testimonials from different bossy members. So we're going to spend some time listening to those and I can't wait to hear your reaction about them. Okay. Hi, Allison. Could you say your name and your business? Allison Zukowski of Laughing Gall Chocolates. Allison, what do you like about Bossy? I love the networking without any pressure. I love the support that is given, um, that the women that are a part of Bossy have a mindset that there is enough room for everyone at the table, and we are constantly looking for ways to get more of us to have seats at that table. How do you feel after you leave a bossy meeting? I I come to bossy meetings and I am drained, I'm tired, I'm emotional, and I leave knowing that I'm not alone, that I have support from other people that are going through the same thing in business or in life, and I feel a sense of belonging. They make me cry. I cry a lot, by the way. 
like all the time. But if you've been thinking about starting a podcast and you want to include interviews with people across town, Riverside.fm offers unbelievable high quality recordings, regardless of your or your guest internet quality. And it also gives you separate audio and video tracks for each person speaking. And unlike Zoom, you don't have to install anything on your computer and your guests don't either. Head over to Riverside.fm and use promo code JazzyCast to get 60 free minutes of recording and 15% off a membership plan. Well, you know what we need? We need, instead of a laugh track, like a note that we can tell people that are listening when you're actually crying because you do it quietly. I do. So in person, we all know that you're crying, but on a podcast, we need to come up with like a Kelly's crying, like background noise. Right. It'd be like a secret code <laughs> that only people who have listened to this episode will know, know. that they this know. is the Kelly's crying. Yeah. The Kelly B is crying. Well, Kelly M <laughs> holds it all in until I'm in the shower. Yeah. Or eating ice cream on the floor of your kitchen at 1030 at night. My favorite place. Uh Uh-huh. But, you know, it's funny and we laugh about my crying, but that was one of the main reasons I was inspired to work with you and make Bossy a reality because I did have a little bit more free time on my hands and I did go out and try to find groups that I could connect with. I'm sure... There are plenty here in this area. If you're listening from somewhere else, I'm sure you have them there. Maybe they work for you. Maybe they don't. The schedules never quite worked for me. And a lot of the times they were filled with women who owned businesses, women who were decision makers. And those things are great. But I needed a place where I felt surrounded by people just like me. And I'd go to these meetings and they would kind of tell me how I'm supposed to speak, how I'm supposed to introduce myself, how I'm supposed to support other people. And everybody was so happy and they just smiled and this is amazing and I run a business and I'm doing this and it's so great. And I'm like, holy shit, what am I doing wrong? Because I cry a lot and running a business is the worst job in the world that I'll I'll never want another one. But like, it's so hard. The best and the worst. It's the best and the worst, but nobody talks about it. These meetings, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Now, like I already felt like I had nowhere to go and now I feel even worse. And with Bossy, probably because I cry a lot. <laughs> like, it makes people feel comfortable being honest. Yeah. So I don't have a filter and you cry a lot. Yeah, there we I go. I mean, how can you not feel comfortable with that? We are the perfect team. <laughs> All right. Okay. Kelly, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. What was the first thing you learned about owning a business? <laughs> um, well, I purchased an existing business that I had been working at for 12 years. So I walked in to a business that employed my friends and family members, and I was now the boss. As somebody who was already seen as being bossy, you'd think the transition would have been easier, but it was actually quite hard. So I would say the first thing I learned about owning a business was who were my true friends and who we're going to end up on the sidelines. And we can talk about that for an entire podcast episode. Uh, probably three or four, mm-hmm. I would say. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good one. What was the first thing you learned? Well, I went into business with my husband into an industry I knew nothing about. But I've been told that I'm an intelligent person, so I really <laughs> thought, how hard can this be? Um, so... Being that it was a bar, I was familiar with drinking and 
eating bar food, but the books and everything, the running of a business. And I think that's what people don't understand is you can go into business and do your passion, but the that's only one side of it. So learning how to do the books mm -hmm. and QuickBooks and HR manuals and all that other crap I had no idea about. So I think the first thing I learned was I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, my God. The legal stuff. Oh, my God. You can't Google. No. The New York State website is awful. I mean, it's gotten better with COVID, but prior to COVID, you couldn't find anything. And there's no way to just, like, sign up for updates. Like, hello, Department of Labor. Can you let me know every time you change one of these laws? Because they change all the time. I didn't realize that during COVID they changed the um, under 18 working laws. I think they had to because we couldn't find staff. Yeah? <laughs> I don't know. It's my guess. I had a staff member come in that was under 18 and I had to look it up and it was so different than the last time I had hired somebody at mm -hmm. 17. Right. I want right. to ask you a question. Okay. What is the thing you are the most proud of at work? Hmm. Okay. I think that my staff can come to me with anything. Now, sometimes it's a little too much, but I think the fact that they can come to me with problems about work, problems with each other, problems with me, and problems with home, I think that's something I'm really proud of, that we've created a space where they feel safe and comfortable talking to us. I think that's probably what I'm most proud of. What about you? The thing I'm most proud of? Survival. Um, I'm proud... We have a lot in common in how we run our businesses, so I share a lot of pride in the open door model that we run. But through it all and through all the changes and through all the different economic statuses and societal and political and the shifts, I am ridiculously proud that two out of three of my businesses stayed open all of this time. And to preface that for anyone listening, the business that closed was not during COVID. And it's not just COVID that we survived, right? It's the, the unrest in the economy and socially and having a place where people continue to want to go to, whether that's people that work there or people that are going there as guests. Yeah, I think anybody that's kept their business open in the last two years um, <laughs> should be proud that they have a place where people want to be. Because I think we learned a lot about places that we didn't want to be at anymore. And there is a list and it grows of places I won't go to, whether it's how they handled COVID, how they handle just general illness with their staff, how they handle political issues. People are really, really are showing their true colors and my list gets longer every day. I kind of chuckled when you said that because I also thought about all the businesses that opened during COVID and how it's still not over and like. I can't wait to see what life is like for all of them when they operate in normalized, equalized <laughs> times. Right. They're going to be so strong. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think I already know the answer, but what was the most expensive thing you've learned? Insurance. <laughs> I was not worried about getting through the pandemic of 2020 because of the flood of 14. Um, we were two years into owning the business and found out that there were not only plumbing issues that we had to deal with for the first two years, but then there was a massive fire, um, not anywhere near my business, but the water for the building was right over my business. So 
I learned all about what is covered on insurance, whether it's the landlord's or mine and what the landlord gets paid for and what I get paid for and how nobody really cares about how your employees are going to get paid the whole time you're shut down and how to work around the systems that are in place to make sure you don't reopen, apparently. Um, insurance. Ugh. Everyone's like, oh, insurance covered it. No, no, no. no. Doesn't cover anything. <laughs> What about you? Well, I mean, other than don't open a business seven months before a pandemic, that was a pretty expensive thing. But I would say when you are looking at a building, if it's older, don't just get one inspection. The inspection that we got for the Union Tavern made it seem like everything everything beneath the floors and behind the walls was in good in a good sound place, and it certainly was not. Um, so we really put a lot of faith in that inspection. And then when we got in there, it was a disaster. A very expensive disaster? A very expensive disaster. Probably about four times beyond what we anticipated. And being that we have been business owners for 10 years when we opened, um, we really thought we knew <laughs> that we were being pretty realistic with our budget. And we were not because we went so over budget and then didn't have any money really to open, but had to open. And then things were starting to look good in uh, February of 2020. And uh, that's, again... Oh, my God. We were so busy <laughs> in February of 2020. Or, yeah. yeah, February. Uh-huh. Um, good times. What do they say? It's add 20% to whatever your budget is mm-hmm. and at least three months, Yep, if not longer. And mm-hmm. now, I mean... We're looking at things that should only take a month, taking a year. Yep. Uh, I want to add expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned very quickly that loans count as income. So at the end of our first year of business, we had a very massive tax bill. Yeah. Because of all the loans we were paying out. But because we were paying out so much in loans, we didn't have any money in the bank. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting that tax bill and being like, you want how much money? But I literally have like a couple thousand dollars. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, our first our first two years were pretty good, and then year three at Marshall Street was when our sales just doubled, if not even tripled, and our tax bill was absurd. <laughs> was uh, like, I didn't factor this in. Um, and again, another thing that you don't know when you go into business, you know, you really need to know accounting and get up to speed. You're you can have the best accountant, but if you really don't know what you're doing and what you're looking at, you can get surprised with $37,000 tax bills when you don't have it. And it's in your slow time. Yes. It's always in the slow time. Always. They should move the tax date for upstate New York. Mm-hmm. Instead of being year end, it should be like, you know, March. Yeah. It should be like going right after summer. St. Patrick's Day, <laughs> right after Cinco de Mayo. and Going right. into summer. <laughs> exactly. I, can, I can pay those bills in the summer. Right. All right, so we've put in almost eight years of 100% volunteer work while running our own businesses and running our own lives and marriages and families and parents and blah, blah, blah. Why continue? Why move forward with something new like a podcast and growth? I think as much as it's a lot of work sometimes and I look at it, my calendar and go, where am I going to fit in more time to do this work and volunteer work when I've got businesses. I have three that need attention Um, because bossy brings me joy. It brings me, 
it fills a need that those other businesses can't. I, I would love to be a professional helper if it actually made me money. <laughs> I would be fine for that to be my job for the rest of my life. But working with other women and hearing their stories and the energy I get from just listening to their com- their stories and conversations, it really, it grounds me and it gives me purpose. I love my, my jobs. I love my businesses, but Bossy really shows me what I'm capable of. And I love working with other women. I always tell people that we're so busy and with me, I have kids. So like they're in stuff every night. So like trying to find a night where I'm not needed at work, which happens way more often nowadays, but now I have less free time because the kids are doing 87,000 things. Uh, no comment from my husband, please. (laughs) And, um, I would drag myself to bossy meetings and be like, I don't have time for this. I can't, blah, blah, blah. I could be doing something else. I have to get my books in order. I got to do this. I got to do that. And then once I'm inside, I leave feeling so centered and just being in that space where everyone in the room just gets it, mm-hmm. whether they're making jewelry in their basement or they have 50 employees We're all selling something and we're all dealing with all the crap. We all have the same crap to deal with, just on different levels. And just leaving that room makes me feel centered and it makes all the volunteer work be worth it. On that note, it's about to get real loud. Yeah, so we're going to pause. This episode has been brought to you by Knox, a secret library of cocktails and comfort food hidden inside the village gate. Find out more at knoxcocktail.com. So we tasked our bossy group to send us some questions because we want to hear what what they want to know. We want to hear questions from them. So Kelly, this one comes in from Erica Sorbello. How do you balance it all? Multiple businesses, husbands, bossy, kids, friends, special needs dogs, because we both have very special needs dogs. Yours is way more special. I'm so sorry. Special. I don't want to like call your dog out. My no, dog no, just no. pees on my side of the bed. Oh, I mean, yeah. Um. <laughs> so how do you balance it all? I use technology like ridiculously to keep myself organized. I My husband refuses to even look at my calendar, uh, much less sync calendars, because that's how I know what I have to do every day and what my plans are. So whether it's the volunteer work that I do and, or it has to do with picking up the kids and getting them to the appropriate spot, which one of them is making so much noise in the background right now. Um, and even dates with friends. Like if Mm -hmm. I reach out to you and I'm like, Hey, do you want to get together? I don't mean next week. I mean like in the next month. So there are some people that get back to me and they're like, Oh, I have Tuesday free. I'm like, no, 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 no. I do not have Tuesday free. I'm looking like a month out. I want to put you on my calendar and then I can schedule around it so that I can make sure the people that I I love and I want to see, I can still see, but the immediate week is always full because I'm an optimist and I think I can do it all. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other thing is support. So a hundred percent, I could not, live the life I live without my parents and my mother-in-law and their help with the kids. So when we get called into work at some random hour, I don't have to worry about it because I know 
one of them is going to be able to come over and help. Um, it's very rare that I don't have somebody in my family that I can come help. Which I didn't have somebody a few weeks ago, and mm-hmm. I called Kelly Bush. Oh, and I got to hang out with her oldest, who was not my favorite because I'm not allowed to have favorites. But we had a blast together. We had <laughs> dinner so and hung out, talk. And at the end, she gave me a hug. So from a 12 year old, I was like, I'm cool. A 12 year old thinks I'm cool enough to hug. I mean, it was a side hug, but I, I took it. I'll take it. So, yes, yeah, so I would say balancing is tech. And support from other people. You have to ask for help. And that even includes, you know, your management team and the people that you rely on because we can't be there 24-7 at work. And if we are there 24-7 at work, we're ultimately failing work because what happens if we get hit by a bus? Right. So how do you balance it all? Well, the same. I think I'll speak to the husband part because I think it's a unique thing about us is that we are running these businesses, most of these businesses, with our spouse. And that gets very difficult because work never ends. So one thing that Don and I have been able to do is create time every day where we don't talk about work. Oh, my God, you do that? Yeah, sometimes it's 10 minutes. And it's just like a quiet time where we just, like, let it all go, but um, we try. It doesn't happen every day. I'm we, so jealous. I know we do try, and I think it's because we don't have a brood of children running. Well, around yeah, as like well. we have to deal with the kids when we're at work, right. and we deal with work when we're with kids, and it just kind of all melts together. Yes. We um, don't talk about work when we're sleeping. That's good. Well, yeah. then, see, there you go. Yeah. What are you complaining see? about? You have that sleep time. Um, but one thing we've also done, and I don't know if you guys do it, is stuff comes up, and we work different different jobs in the business. So if he's complaining about something and sometimes I have to say, am I your partner or am I your wife? Because Mm -hmm. my responses are completely different. And it took us, oh, a long time to get to that point. Another podcast. But it took a long time to get there where we're like, oh my God, I don't need your opinion right now as my partner, I know, usually when I'm complaining, I know what I have to do. I just don't want to do it or I'm pissed off about it or I've already tried and whatever the reason. I just need him to support me and go, oh, honey, that sucks. I'm so sorry they are behaving like that or you had to do that thing. So it's something that's come in very handy. Like, am I your partner or am I your wife? I answer the same both ways. <laughs> Back to the <laughs> me not having a filter. Um, yeah, so I know some people that have business partners that they're not related to. Um, oh, what's that like? And that sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I like, I do like that we can react quickly to things and I don't have to wait for someone right. else when it does come to major decision making. And for people that own a business by themselves, I also get how hard it is to not have somebody to bounce off of. Like, yeah, can't imagine. But then you also don't need their opinion. So if you guys disagree mm-hmm. on what needs to happen to improve the business, if you're a solo entrepreneur, you get to make that decision by yourself. Right. Um, but you don't get the support every day. Yeah. So many pros and cons to yeah. all of it. I don't know which is the best way, but this is the way that we are. And this is the what we're in. Balancing the special needs dogs, that's just, there's no, there's no balance for Does that. Does anyone want a dog? <laughs> no. <laughs> It's just, yeah, there's outside stuff too. You know, my dog costs a gazillion dollars a year um, for all of his health issues, but. And there's family and parents uh, and birthday parties and graduations. Friends that feel neglected. Yeah. Friends that don't understand that 
even when they come to visit me at work, as sweet as that is, I can't always give that kind of attention. And that's, that's a tough one that, that our friends don't always get. No. Like, it's great. I love it. I love it. But well, and we're in personal businesses, work. so it's yeah. not like we have, like, an office. Like, right. You know, people are like, oh, I wanted to come in and see you. And you're like, well, I'm at work because I have work to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't always hang out where where a place that I own. I sometimes just want to get away from it all. I love going, oh, let's go out somewhere where nobody knows us or we didn't employ somebody that's working there or we don't have some type of relationship. It's just sometimes nice to go somewhere where nobody knows your name, which is funny because we tried to create a business where everybody knows your name, like cheers. (laughs) But sometimes that's the last thing I want. All right, here's another question mm-hmm. from Vicki James. Mm-hmm. How do you delegate and hire the right people? Which is funny because we started this morning talking about hiring uh-huh. and delegation. Yeah, I can talk about hiring. Delegation is a word I'm really unfamiliar with because I'm really bad at it. Um, but I am going to make that a goal um, as I am I am in, in the middle of some, some mental health stuff um, with my brain after a pretty bad fall and a concussion. And I really need to start delegating and learning how to do that without guilt. And I don't know if that's a business owner thing or an every person thing, because it's been a long time since I've been a, a woman. Been a muggle. Like you've <laughs> fought so hard for so many years to be seen as a business owner and then to not be seen at the business. Mm-hmm. Like, then people just assume you're not working or that you're not vested. Uh And it feeds into all of those moments where people don't understand that this is a 24-hour job. So if I'm not doing it as much, it's just there's a whole lot of self-worth looped into that. But delegating is something that's difficult, but it's necessary. Hiring the right people is really difficult. We often hire people we know and are friends with, which is really tough. And if any of them are listening right now, I love you. But sometimes it's difficult to discipline or or take the friendship out of it and treat you as an employee. Treating treating friends like employees is very tough. And family. And family. It's it's very difficult. But sometimes that's where we're at. Like especially in times like the last two years when we are. It's a struggle. It's a struggle to find staff. It's a struggle when. Half your staff have COVID and you still have to be open because your mortgage payment still needs to be made and you still need to pay for gas and electric. Like those things don't end. So sometimes you have to call in help, which is great, but it's also difficult. So hiring the right people is, to me, I I like to kind of take emotion out of it and just what is the need that my business needs right now? Because it changes all the time and who fits that best. I'd like to add to that. Please do. Um, I would say that delegation is super important. You know that I'm a huge proponent of delegation because that's how I get all of my shit done. I'm so good at it too. Um, And again, organizing, really listing out like everything that you do and what are things that other people can do because there's only so many hours in a day. Um, But I would say firing the wrong people because I think that we hire and it's hard to tell in an interview and even those first couple, couple of days if they're the wrong people mm-hmm. for your business. Right. And really um, getting rid of them before they cause more damage. And it, it could be that they're perfectly great people, but they just don't have the skill set or the personality to meld with everyone else. And we have very small businesses and everyone works very closely together. So seeing and stopping 
the wrong people from sticking around because then they stick around for years mm-hmm. and it's just like a constant cycle. And it's so hard. And like I said earlier, taking the emotion out of it, like sometimes people just aren't the right fit and they're amazing and you want to be friends with them, but they're just not the right fit for your business. And that's a really, really difficult thing to do is to let somebody go that you care about. I, I delegate even in my head. So like I keep work and life very separate, like my personal life. So like I stress out about my $1,200 mortgage bill, but then I have a $20,000 bill for food purchases and I just write a check. Like, mm-hmm. So it's, I keep it very itemized in my head. So it's hard to remember that the people that are the wrong people are keeping me from paying my mortgage bill at home. Right. You know, because I'm the last person to get paid. Mm-hmm. So when I'm allowing that to continually happen, I, it's hard to reconnect everything in my head because I keep it so separate from my own sanity. Yep. But then to remember that this is actually money out of my pocket. So I'm paying these people to do something they're not doing well. Sometimes more pocket. than we're paying ourselves. Oh, yeah. I think everybody right now that I employ is paid more than I pay myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that kind of leads into our last question from the group is how do we manage employees? Carefully. Very carefully. Um, I think. Therapeutically. I would say that our backgrounds. Oh, it's so helpful. In special needs populations. Both of us, I think we do it differently, but I think we both are very therapeutic in our approach. Right. Which probably makes it more difficult because there's lots of bosses that'll just fire you with no explanation. Oh, we had a situation the other day. I won't I won't name any names, but um, we had to have a conversation with one of our staff about something. And my husband was going into work, so he was going to be the first one to deal with it. I'm like, but I want to be a part of the conversation, but it's a Sunday night and I'm not leaving the couch. So I was like... I'm in on Tuesday. Let them know. We'll meet again on Tuesday. So my husband met met with the employee. Everything worked out fine. It was a little bit of a misunderstanding on both sides. But he then said, I got to tell you, Kelly's still going to want to meet on Tuesday. He's like, okay. (laughs) She's going to make it. This could be so hard. Like, can't this just be? And my husband's like, yeah, I wish this could be it. But this is how things go. And you're going to need to meet with Kelly on Tuesday. And he was like. Okay. All right. And so it's just because they know that I'm going to make them think about their actions and, you know, it all worked out fine, but that's kind of how it is. Like they know when they have to meet with me, it's, there's a conversation that I'm going to make them have feelings and maybe cry. I'll probably cry. We've already established that, but they know it's going to be, it's going to be hard because I'm going to really make them think. I go back and forth between the clear cut, this is what you did wrong, and this is what you need to improve on, which people don't like hearing, um, but it has to be said, mm-hmm. to the, what were you feeling when you made that decision? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, I go back and forth depending on the, the, the instance and how I'm feeling. Right. I mean, sometimes the dementors just like kick in and you're like, I'm just <laughs> not having it. Right. This is what you did wrong. I mm-hmm. need you to fix it. Right. I also try to focus on behavior, and this is what we do with customers too, you know, behavior over person. Like, this is the thing that you did that's wrong. Like, it's not saying anything about you, but this behavior needs to change. This is something that that needs to get worked on. This is something that's not fitting with our business model. Um, It's not you, but this needs to change or else. And then I lay down the hammer. It's not you, it's me. Yeah, exactly. It's not you, it's me. 
All right. Well, I think that is a good start for our questions. Yeah. And hopefully everybody has learned a little bit about us, a little bit about what we do and why and how we manage it all. And some tidbits from other Bossy members on their opinions of Bossy. We didn't pick and choose, just so you know. Uh, some of them we picked out. We had a, a good turnout at our last happy hour. So we just asked who wanted to leave a testimony that wasn't able to do one already. And some were just emailed in from a post we put up. Hey, we're looking for, for your feelings on Bossy and please send them to us. Um, and I... They're incredible. Yeah. They made a lot. Well, guess what? <laughs> Spoiler alert. A lot of them made me cry. Um, but if you guys have questions you want to send to us, we've got an email, realbossypod at gmail.com. We would love to answer your questions. And maybe someday we can even do this live where we can bring on, on listeners who can ask us questions. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, it's super fun. I'm still learning about how all this works, so... That's what we have for you today. I know we've mentioned it before, but things you're going to hear from us in the future is just us blathering on like we did today or interviewing some of our members. We're going to do some spotlights on people that changed their business model during the pandemic, some that opened during a pandemic. If you can imagine, they're still there. It's incredible. We're going to hear from our partners and other people and their partners and what that looks like. What's it like to support a bossy woman, even Ooh. if you're not in business with them. Children of bossy women. Yeah, I can't wait for that one. Um, so, yeah, we're going to have a lot of really cool things. We're going to talk about how to turn your business into a safe space. We're going to have excited. people on that their businesses have failed and they're still, you know, they're still part of bossy because once you're bossy, you're always kind of bossy. But we're going to bring on people to kind of talk about that. And we're going to talk about some of our own struggles and our own failures because um, we have them too. Yes. So that's what you're going to get from us. And we can't wait to hear from you and let us know what you think. Be bossy. Be bossy. All right, bossies. Thank you for listening. Now subscribe. Get out there. Be bold. Be brave. And be the boss. Love it. Lime it. With Selena's Mexican Restaurant at the Village Gate. Come for the food, stay for the fun. Become a part of Selena's family. Selena's offers daily specials, happy hour at the bar, and catering. Plus dietary menus for celiac, vegan, and vegetarian guests. Find out more at selenas.com. S-A-L-E-N-A-S.com. Hi, I'm Kelly Bush, and I own Marshall Street Bar & Grill. Whether you're out celebrating with friends or looking for a catered event, Marshall Street is your number one choice. With board games, pool, darts, pinball, and three large screen projectors, you'll never run out of things to do. Check out our huge menu with over 60 items, including vegan and vegetarian food, 18 taps, unique spirits, and great daily specials. We've got something for everyone. Come see old friends or make new ones at Marshall Street Bar & Grill. You always have a home at Marshall Street.